0: Hello everyone, welcome to Redman Radio, the Liverpool podcast. I am Paul May, and I'm joined by Chris Pajak this week. As we, as we, know, as we do most weeks, um, kickoff question this week comes from Jamie Cubis via our um Facebook group. With Markovic sticking around like a like a poo that doesn't flush. What job would you give him anywhere in the club away from the pitch? I mean, he's not registered to play. Mm-hmm. He's. We'll, we, we'll talk, pick up on this a little bit in the news. Um, but yeah, Markovic is going to be a Liverpool player at least till January, Chris. What what are we going to do to keep him occupied? I feel
1: quite strongly that nothing. At all? No, because I don't want to put anyone else out of a job right. that's actually decent at it. Okay. So I can't imagine he's good at much. yeah um, <laughs> I feel quite strongly that, no, nowhere. Because I was thinking, oh, you, you know, you can
0: make him a tea lady, but what about the poor tea lady that's getting sacked? Well, not necessarily. He could I, be I, there I, to help. He could make him there to make the tea lady's life easier. I'm not sure he would. I think he would probably make her life more difficult, which is mad. Which what? is exactly what I'm thinking. Ah. Stay at home. Stay, Stay out, out of the matter. way. Okay. Leave everyone be. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm just... I'm so indifferent to Markovic at this point. I had such high hopes for the lad, and now I have none. Um, I, look, I don't think it could go beyond. I don't think. I don't think it'd be unfair on him to make him sweat for his for a living. Look, we're probably paying him fifty grand a week. I'd want to be in. I, I'd want to get something back out of that. I don't know. I'm not quite sure where is. I don't because he must be a bell end. I can only I can only hypothesize that he must be a massive bell end. Where would that be? Where could you put that to good use? Maybe it's like <sighs> Stewart at Old Trafford. Yeah, but yeah, no, like you know, like how you use people, like you, get, you have the recovering drug addicts go to schools and tell people like don't do drugs and stuff. And I'm not sure he's totally repentant in his life just yet, but I would be holding up as an example to professional footballers how not, not to conduct yourself. Yeah, uh, just get him clean, that's all. Lots of um At least there'd be a nice synergy between the poo that won't flush and Markovic. because maybe true. he might learn. That you know, some poos need to be flushed. You can't leave a leave a poo just floating around in the toilet. No, you really can't. Lads, just get out of the club, mate. Um, Let's talk about what we're going to do this week. Then we're going to go through the news and brief. Going to answer a few of your questions. Um, Obviously, Jordan Henderson uh, being at the centre of a lot of this. Going to look back at Leicester one, Liverpool two, and we're going to talk after a little bit of a plug for something else, boss. We're doing. About the top four, the fact that they've put the top of the league, and some of our rivals then taking your questions as well. So some brilliant stuff lined up. News in brief, then uh, Chris, the Champions League fixtures came out. You did a, a great reaction show to it, and a live show, of course. Um, it is undoubtedly, yeah, a twat of a yes,
1: month. but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's busy, Mm. it's busy and it's full of fixtures that you want and to be honest with you, I think we'll find out at the end of this run of fixtures, uh, after we've played Manchester City sort of 7th of October time, how good this Liverpool side is, so it's a a run of fixtures that although on paper you go, oh my days, as a fan, I'm relishing this to find out exactly how good this
0: Liverpool side is. Yeah, I had this, so I I talked about this on Social Club this week on, on Ball Street and I Said, I'm look, I'm I'm kind of like that's a terrible run of fixtures in terms of because you could have because at the minute it they're goes, all pretty
1: terrible to be fair
0: yeah some of them are against teams that you really want to beat and some against teams that you don't care about yeah I yeah. mean the, the the point is is that it's that run particularly where it's Chelsea Chelsea Napoli City is not a great particularly great run of run of kind fixtures as it were and you could and I think it's, you could have got a league we could have a league two team in the League Cup and all of a sudden that runs a little bit a little bit easier you know we could have had to play Red Star in the, you know in the middle of those the Chelsea and City games and that would have made it slightly better or slightly easier I should say but um, it was a tough run of fixes anyway throwing our two hardest opponents in the Champions League group I think in, in between that doesn't make it easier and of course the Chelsea thing in the League Cup because we're presented with a similar situation to we were last year is that you'd love to be able to put the kids out but there's going to be a bit of brinkmanship here I think where Are Chelsea going to put the kids out? Probably. Possibly. Because if Chelsea do, there's no problem, is there? That's a game where you can maybe look to say, okay, well, that's a nice chance to get a bit of of rest and rotation in. I think going
1: out of the League Cup helped us last season. Mm. to be honest and I've got no problem playing the kids if Chelsea play their first team I think if Liverpool want to play the kids play the kids and that's kind of it for me because you know it's that January time when you're coming out of Christmas where you start getting two games in the semi-final and stuff like that it's something that you don't always need and you don't always want last season you know certainly if you're getting out of the Champions League groups you you kind of don't want that because you sort of want your team to be building back up to that February coming back in the Champions League so I'd be looking at that Chelsea uh, Carabao Cup game as a bit of a a bit of a gimme. Yeah, you know, if something, if we win it, sounds. If we don't, we put the kids out, and we didn't win. Yeah, sounds. Yeah, it's not a priority for us. I, the priorities are the Champions League and the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I, the, it's interesting with it being Chelsea, of course, because I think they've got PAOK Salonica in the lead up. You know, they're, in the, they're in the Europa League. They've got a team, a, a group of no marks. It's telling that you teams that good teams in the Europa League. Tend to have a go at the, the league cup as well because it can kind of it, it can help you along the way. Kind of like Man United did it on the way to win it. We got to the we got to the final uh, as well in doing it. So I do wonder whether Chelsea will take that slightly more seriously. But and to be fair, I think we talk about our our, our squad. It's um, our it's probably not the kids as we recognise it. It's probably not the kids like Rafa played the kids. No, it's not. Um, back in oh four oh five, it's probably Daniel Sturridge and Jaden Jukiri starting. Adam um, Lallana. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's absolutely
1: fine because you need to get some minutes in their legs I think there was a time the only time I regretted going out of the League Cup last season was not seeing any more of Danny Ward and I don't think we have anyone in the squad there that I'm
0: particularly like we really need to see him this season yeah I mean you're right it's probably a season early for Curtis Jones but I wouldn't mind you know it could be thing about him. We talk about sliding doors all the time on on, on the channel. <clears throat> you know, you could be a difference between K. Jones being a useful player this season and having to wait a year to find out whether he's a useful player or not. And if you lose a, if you can get a steal a march on your development, that can be a that can be a positive thing sometimes. So now there's definitely that. But yeah, it's an interesting. So yeah, obviously people will have looked at it. But regardless, it's Saturday. We it's, it, we play Spares on Saturday the fifteenth. PSG Tuesday the 18th, Southampton Saturday the 22nd, Tuesday the 25th is Chelsea, Saturday the 29th is Chelsea again, Wednesday the 3rd Napoli and Sunday the 7th is City. So yeah, make or break time for Liverpool, which is mad to say You know when you're talking about September, October. But as you said there, if you can come out of that spell relatively unscathed, I don't expect Liverpool to go unbeaten in that spell, but if you come out of it relatively unscathed, then you will have established... I think Liverpool's credentials for the rest of the Absolutely. season.
1: Absolutely. And listen, I think it's been kind of kind to us in a way, in there, you know, there's only one really distant away game, and that's Napoli, and that could have been Belgrade. Yeah. You know, and that that could have been much worse for us. And also, when you look at the Champions League group as a whole, I know these fixtures aren't in this one, but double Belgrade gives you a real steal on the sort of middle section of your Champions League group. Yeah. And I think that's one where we'll be eyeing up six points in. So, Yes, it's difficult on paper. Uh, of course it is. We've got PSG, but it's at home, yeah. importantly. Yeah. So we're in an away game at, uh, at Spurs at Saturday, 12.30. So that's even been a little bit kind to us. It could have been the Sunday game, Yeah, but it's not. It's the first game of the weekend. And then we've got a home game against PSG. And then you get into the Southampton game, the two Chelsea games and all that type of stuff. Yeah. The league Chelsea game is massively more important than the League Cup one for me. So I look at that and I think to myself, you know what at the end of this run, we could be talking about Liverpool as, you know, potential league champions and we could really mean it yeah. at the end of that run because that's the hardest run of fixtures we're going to get this season. Oh, by, by, and if you can come out, you can come out of that top of the league, taking points off the others around you, then you're in a really great position. And it's not even Christmas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of, it's also kind of fortunate that the City games, the, the Anfield game, isn't it, in, in that regard, to end it, where obviously you, you, you'd you be a major struggle to do Napoli away, City away. But yeah, um, or rather Chelsea away, Napoli away, City away, which would have been absolutely horrendous. So yeah, great. Uh, as mentioned before, Lazomarkovic didn't sign for Anderlecht before deadline day. Uh, he's gone on Twitter, I think it was, to deny that money was the issue. I've subsequently seen people saying... Uh, no money was the issue. Liverpool kind of intimated as much, and the left intimated as much. I mean, look, Laza Markovic is never going to get a better contract probably than the one he's on at Liverpool. I'm amazed that he's still got any time left on his contract, given how long it feels he's been here. Um, it goes back to the original question, doesn't it, Chris? He is. He's just. He's, he just won't go away. And I, I, part of me has a weird, perverse respect for that because it's like. You look at him and go, well, you're clearly crap at footy, aren't you, mate? And you're clearly not going to get anything better in your life. You're just clinging on for dear life while you still can.
1: I don't know. It, it, it tells me a lot of why he's not made it as a professional footballer, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. The fact that he doesn't want to go out there and prove himself and try and become a, a you know, re-erect his career or, or whatever. And you're thinking to yourself, surely if this is what you want to do and you enjoy football, then go and do it. Go and play football. But it says to me, like... He's almost tucking the money and running, yeah. and you know he's going to end up a property investor or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like dead in a ditch by thirty. You know, I just don't, I just don't get it. It's the, it's an opportunity that we would absolutely do anything to, to, to just have the ability that even he's got. Yeah. And with the ability that he's got, I'd be playing football regularly every single week, and I wouldn't be worried about. Yeah. You know. 20 grand a week less, or 30 grand a week less, or whatever it is, because me 10 grand a week will be sound, but ultimately it's about playing
0: footy every single week. Yeah, and it just seems to be pissing it up the wall. Yeah, and we also saw uh, uh, no deals for Rigi or Solanke as well before the window shuts, although we know Ojo went out alone to Ream um, which is exactly what we're talking about, though. Ojo's gone to play in N because. He fancies the challenge, he fancies the fancies the test, thinks he can make something of himself over there. And and again you've got Markovic sitting around. with the Rigi stuff's odd, isn't it? Because I don't think we envisaged having a and Solanke both at the football club um in this season. But and doesn't make it we've not seen hide ahead head of either of them so far this season. I hope I genuinely hope with this stuff, because you know, Klopp's referenced in the end. You know, we mentioned it last week on the podcast that you know Mignolet's been a bit of a bell end, hasn't he? By by coming out and uh, and talking about his position at the club and what have you. You hope it doesn't upset the apple cart, and I also hope we don't need to use those lads. But I actually weirdly feel more relaxed for knowing that we've got so much depth now up front. Maybe it doesn't perfectly suit what we do, but I know I if 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 we had the worst injury crisis, you can manufacture something out of the pieces that we've yeah. got there. Absolutely, and listen. I, I don't. I don't think Liverpool
1: particularly wanted the Rigi to stay around, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're particularly sad that he is.
0: If they didn't want him to stay around, they'd have loaded. They'd have Lotus exactly,
1: and that's what it's all about. And, and you, you've got to remember, sometimes I think, as a as a business and as a football club, that they are that, you know perception is quite a lot is everything almost especially when you're selling players Liverpool have been really strong at protecting value for a few years now if you then drop it on deadline day by 10 million quid and get them gone that actually harms other deals yeah. so you, you, might, you might get 15 million or 17 million 10 million lower than his 27 or whatever that Liverpool wanted this summer But What happens next summer? Do you lose 20 million on a Coutinho going out, or do you lose 30 million on a Suarez going out because people know that you're going to drop your
0: pants when it comes to deadline day? Yeah, no, it's true, absolutely true. I completely agree on that. And it's um, it's part of a wider thing, but it's interesting, it tells you what we we think because like the fact that we were prepared to let Markovic go for like two million quid because clearly. No one wants him, and we and we didn't want him. Whereas a Rigi you just get a feeling it's that okay, fine, you know, we can do far worse than have Divacarigi. Look at look at what us, Danny but...
1: Ings is doing so far this season. Yeah. You know, it, we had a conversation a few weeks ago, and I think I'd said that I I could really envision him getting 15 to 20 goals if he's given a run of games. I feel very strongly that Divacarigi is exactly the same yeah. person. You know, I think you know the fee that we got for Ings probably wasn't as high because of his injury history and stuff. I think Divacarigi doesn't have that hanging over him. Someone will buy Divacarigi at some point. And he will score goals for them. Mm-hmm. Therefore, Liverpool will be proved right that his value should have been high.
0: What do you think? Just on, on that, I mean, I guess we're in a position now with Danny Ings is that you could command that fee next summer. You know, what I mean, you might get a decent, you might get a, a surprisingly good fee for him because, well, you know, if he's going to score one in two <laughs> for, for Southampton this season, he's going to be a twenty million plus centre forward come the end of the season, anyway. Absolutely,
1: he? as long as he's, as long as there are no injury history. This season, sorry, there's no injuries this season. People will look at it and go, absolutely, you know. But it was Southampton that took the risk mm-hmm. because there isn't a full year of him playing football
0: and scoring goals to so look back on. And the to two be years fair, of injuries, and- you've got Charlie Austin. If you're about taking a risk on someone's injury issues because they score goals, then Danny Ings must look like some sort of—he uh, must look like he's got Wolverine's healing factor by comparison to Charlie Austin, who's just literally stuck together with sticky tape and chewing gum at this point. Much um, like us, yeah. Fair. To be fair, um, or I would be if I had sticky tape and chewing gum. As it is, just in a bit. Klopp uh, won't rotate his goalkeepers in the Champions League. We talked about this. I, I think it was slightly more likely if Carriers had hung around. Now that it's Mignolet, there's just no. There was no chance that was. Was ever going to happen at all and fair play um, Jordan Henderson Chris the big news this week signed a five year contract or, or a, a long term contract extension as they described Twitter
1: shares in the northwest went up as the tweets went up yeah. considerably yeah. Uh, when that was announced I just I am so baffled by uh, this split of opinion between well, Liverpool it's, it,
0: fans it's referenced Carl Evans asked us the question he's in our uh, subscriber Facebook group he says why does Hendo split opinions between supporters I, I agree because it." it I know, I I, I do understand it. I'm not blind to it, but it baffles me because I don't I don't share people's distrust of Jordan Henderson. I
1: just I just don't, I don't get it a lot. You know, there was a lot of players during the game against Leicester, um, that didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. Jordan Henderson was one of them. There were plenty of games last season where he played extremely well, yeah. um, including the World Cup. Including the World Cup, so. I look at it and think I know exactly what he brings to this side I know exactly what he offers The midfield didn't work at the weekend for me I didn't like Jeannie Wijnaldum in the eight and I think jeannie has been brilliant in the six mm-hmm. I didn't particularly enjoy Henderson's performance in the six mm-hmm. I didn't think James Milner was as good with those two as he was with Wijnaldum and, and Naby Keiter yeah. Sometimes that happens in football games yeah. To, to uh, and the timing of him getting a new contract couldn't have been worse for his detractors Yeah like just after a really poor performance and yeah. one where Liverpool did not get a grip of the game at all Um, you know we we averaged something like 200 less passes than in the previous three games of the season so far you know like down in the 400s where it's been over 600, 700 passes for the other three games and that was in part down to Jordan Henderson but I looked at it uh, on the Stats and Tactics show this week Paul and I started to, I actually I tallied up all the midfielders' passes and worked out as a percentage to see if this midfield in the Leicester game was just like, a lower percentage of passes, mm-hmm. it was exactly the same. Yeah. In fact, it was the second highest as a percentage of passes compared to the rest of the team. So that says to me, it wasn't just the midfield that played poorly in a passing yeah. sense. It was the entire team. It was yeah. a little bit disjointed. And Leicester fair, played really well. Well, I
0: was going to say, and to be fair, Leicester are the best team that we've, we've come up against so far and were far more equipped, I think, to, to, to look to stop Liverpool doing what they were doing. They were far better yeah, far could, better set Club for the Claude
1: side have consistently given us issues. Yeah. You know, you think back a couple of years when he was Southampton manager and we had Klopp's record against them was two draws, two losses. Yeah. Um and then it's only since he's moved to Leicester that we've actually scraped the 2-2 1 victories over him. Um, so it's now two wins two draws two losses against club and what he does is he crunches that midfield and he makes them really tight and when they get the ball they then go really wide Mm -hmm. and it's quite a difficult thing for Liverpool to sort of break down that Leicester side it's actually a really good blueprint to play against us nobody's talking about that they're talking about Jordan Henderson I'd be looking at Gino Wijnaldum exactly the same you know 24 passes on the day that's about 15-20 less than Jordan Henderson from that eight position really sort of non-existent that's the type of game where we needed your Phil Coutinho in the midfield, you need your Alex Oxley-Chamberlain or yeah. Fakir if we were to sign him. That would have been absolutely perfect for it because when we beat them 2-1, the midfield was Coutinho in that midfield role and he played a really good game against Leicester last season in yeah. December. And that's where the struggles were for Liverpool. Um, not down to just Jordan Henderson. And, and just moreover, you can tell that the squad loved playing with him. Yeah you know what i mean and you can and 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 this is a bit of a rant actually whoever's making these videos of him doing bad stuff what the fuck are you doing yeah you know what i mean are you a liverpool supporter
0: Probably not.
1: Well, you can't be. No. You're making these videos, and, and I saw one on Twitter, and I looked at it, and I thought, well, that's not his fault, that's not his fault, that's actually Jordan Henderson's fault. But just taking the time out of your day to bash someone like yeah. that is a proper bad knobhead thing
0: to do. Yeah, I, I. it's mad. I've never known an agenda against a Liverpool player quite like that, particularly one who's good. You know, I, I, there's plenty of players who are flattered to deceive, and there's plenty of players who I, we've seen the best in for the sake of seeing the best. And let's let's use Igor Biscan as an example of that. I wanted Ego Biscan to be successful at Liverpool because I quite like the idea of him. And you know, he, he, um, Rafa brought him in, and he and he had that like I don't know the quality or whether I don't know that Rafa brought him. in. Maybe it was they brought him. Regardless, the um, there's players that I've liked just because I've I've kind of I've kind of liked them. The Jordan Henderson stuff is is genuinely baffling, particularly given how well he performed last season I thought we were finally over and I thought with the World Cup I thought that was it I thought he's actually shown on a world stage now that he's capable of he's more than capable of handle, handling himself and he is he's a positive The, I think it boils down to because I saw someone else tweeting I saw someone tweeting about it saying uh, Jürgen Klopp's giving him this contract so we must rate him and someone said to be fair though he also gave a new contract to Lovren and Lalana, and I was like yeah exactly they're both good players I'm not no one's ever going to sit anywhere and say Jordan Henderson's a world class player. He's not. He's but he's he's international class and he's good enough to play in the Premier League and he's very and he's good enough to play. That that midfield three playing in Leicester got us to basically got us to a Champions League final. Mm. You know, they did the hard the hard yards last season. People don't like him. I think because he's English. And I think there's a lot of because he's just English, and people might go, well, people like Milner. If James Milner, so if put, he was dual nationality, we would like him more. If, I just think if he was if he was Czech, I think people would like him more. Or if I think he was French, people would like him more. Any other nationality, if he was Scottish, people would love him, absolutely adore him, because people adore Andy Robertson, and I'm not, and Andy Robertson, I, I think he's, he Andy Robertson is tremendous, but he's not. He's not as good as Marcello and 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 say that, yeah, people are happy. Giving a laugh, yeah, no, ten times better, lads. No. But people are not people. People are not gonna. You get my point. You know what I mean? The, the and Jordan Henderson like, Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. The um the he's Jordan Henderson thing is is just better defensively. It's absolutely crazy. Um, it's and the line another example of that. But like I say, the Milner thing. If James Milner put two poor performances in back to back, I guarantee people a turn. People are turning on James Miller because they just do. Because he's thirty-two. Well, whatever. He's just he's just English and he's not and he's not he's not ama- he's not amazing. He doesn't score screamers from forty yards, etc., etc. We just have this weird thing and I, and I don't know whether because you remember that agenda for ages. about why do we keep buying British British and English players? Because they're not they're not good. I used to hear that see that, in, see that in comments all over the place, all over the YouTube videos. And I just think there's a little bit of that hiding un- underneath stuff to be fair, for Um, following on a little bit from this, then Kevin uh, Kelvin who says. Do you think Klopp views uh, Henderson as more of a first team starter or just protecting his value with this new contract? Um go on, your take on it first.
1: I think he's a first team starter and I think first team starters probably changed a little bit uh, over over Klopp's tenure. I think, you know, he's not Klopp doesn't have a one to eleven. Klopp has a one to sixteen, let's say, or a one to fifteen, pick a number, whatever, and he's always gonna be one of those midfielders that's in line for a start mm-hmm. and it might be horses for courses it might be based on form of player but he's always going to be in and around that first team i do feel the 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 length of the contract kind of surprised me a little bit in that he'll be 32 33 come the end of it yeah. i'm not sure i think the maybe the length of the contract protects his value yeah i don't think we'll see him here until he's 33 years old yeah uh-huh. Uh, I do think there will be better players that come along and Klopp will just naturally go,
0: OK, well, he's a better fit, see you later, well, that's, the, that's the point, is that you might... Look, we might have already seen the first glimpses of it in the first three games of the season that our midfield might evolve past Jordan Henderson or Fabinho might come in, having done you know a few months of learning and he might be able to do everything that Jordan Henderson does but he's just more watertight defensively as well and that might give us a more stable platform and Jordan Henderson might naturally find himself pushed out but there's no evidence to suggest that's the... That's the case either. All the evidence actually pushes towards the fact that Jordan Henderson will continue to be good and will continue to be a first-team starter because Klopp thinks he's good enough to do to do the job. You know, there's. I don't think there's. I, I, I don't think Jurgen Klopp's a particularly sentimental guy in, in in this regard. If he wasn't good enough, I think he'd have happily I think he'd have happily moved him on. He doesn't care about the captain's armband. He's made that clear how yeah. many times he's given it to players just to give it to them because he's aware that it kind of can have an impact on some people. Um, so yeah, I I I I think I think it's both. I think you don't want to end up in a situation where Jordan Henderson's leaving Liverpool for free. Yeah. you know and he has put in a, a, a great years performance i think over the over the past 12 months he got back i think he got back to the level that he hasn't had for a couple of years because of injuries it's just a logical step to give to give him everyone everyone in that who performed last year who's got less than a certain number of years two years or less on on the contract will probably be getting contracts. F- football changes
1: really, really quickly, doesn't it? I think we all know that as, as fans of, of football. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen in two years' time. But what you do, what you can put your money on is that people's values are going to go down and they're going to go cheaper towards the end of their contract. Mm-hmm. So it makes good business sense to tie players up. But look at like the players that we've got on five-year contracts now. You know, Salah, Firmino, Van Dijk, Andy Robertson, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, Kite. I mean, this is a team that are, are focused on yeah. what they want. And and, and it all helps. Yeah. You don't want to have to be going in every couple of years, going, all right, okay, blah, 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 blah. They've tied them all down now. It might yeah. cost them a little bit of money yeah. now. It might save them a little bit of money in two years when they've got two league titles under the belt.
0: No, well, exactly, exactly that. You tie people down. That's this is what successful football clubs look like they tie, they give improved deals to the players who are in the prime of their career and, and they keep them tied down because it stops them it stops them having their heads turned, it keeps them happy. It just it just means there's one less thing to worry about. But also this all notion sorry they'll all be on
1: there or thereabouts wages wise. Mm-hmm. Now if you're coming into the club and let's say Liverpool have another strong run in the Champions League and and, and and finish second in the Premier League or first in the Premier League, whatever, you're buying into it. You're not getting a Ibrahimovic or a Sanchez who wants 400000 pounds a week. You're buying into the team and the team all on pretty much the same amount of money yeah. and what they'll do for you is get you to a place where you can potentially win trophies and that's actually good business sense as well
0: and also let's not this I, I i partially disagree with the, the thing that he won't be at 32-30 today as well you know I, I, maybe you know there could be a situation where he does a Gareth Barry and he goes and maybe plays at a few other, a few other clubs or, or whatever but again particularly given and people don't consider this enough particularly considering Brexit and all the stuff around that Tie down all your all your homegrown lads for as much as you can, and let and, and wait till things sort themselves out in the future. Because you're gonna need more and more English and British lads. And why would you not keep lads who know the football club inside and out as well? Jordan Henderson could well be one of those lads. Because again, look at James Milner. You if Jordan Henderson is prepared to stay at Liverpool, if he's if he's that kind of guy who come in and fight for his place, and he maintains the level of quality that he's had when he's been fully fit at Liverpool, I don't see him. I don't see him falling off a cliff. His passing range isn't going to get worse. It's going to get better because he's going to play more football games. Yes, he'll lose a bit of pace, but I think he's actually already started to mould his game around that anyway. Because I don't think he's quite got the same as he was three or four years ago. And he's just one of those lads that, if he, as long as he's happy, and he's never going to move to a bigger club than Liverpool anyway. You can you have a squad. You need to have these players and you think so. Liverpool could well. You could you know we could be talking about five years from now. and Jordan Henderson's just still you Milner maybe well exactly you know, so it's, I think it's a, it's a very intelligent decision we kind of already dipped into it we'll pick around some of the stuff of the Leicester game um, probably the poorest performance of the season so far and yet it probably had a spell of football that m- in the first 15 minutes that was probably the best spell of footy almost we've had yeah, of the game as well it's a, yeah I
1: agree with that actually and you know I think from an attacking sense it was a, it was a particularly poor effort from Liverpool after the 20th minute of the game um, from a defensive sense no not not the poorest at all I think yeah. you know we, we actually and we did this on the stats and tactics again it was a point that Dan Kennett raised in the final word straight on Saturday after the game was that after they, they scored we didn't look like conceding mm-hmm. it felt completely different to me in the stands I was nervous yeah. you know we were all nervous uh, I
0: did I, I was watching it on my <laughs> phone in a, in a burger van friends fest and I did fish pump when Joe Gomez put that block, tach- block tackle in But that was probably The hairiest moment of the of the game Apart from ones that we created Ourself. Ourselves,
1: yeah I think after they'd scored The only shot they had on target Was one from Indeedy From 35 yards That was blocked by James Milner Two yards in front That was the only opportunity we conceded And for all the possession that Leicester had And they had more possession than us in the game They only entered that area like Seven times during the game yeah and we kept them to shots from range you know 75% of their shots on the day were from outside the penalty area mm-hmm. liverpool had I think it was 65% or 70% inside their area. So for how poor we were, we still created opportunities. You know, you think back to the third minute of the game and Roberto Firmino misses that chance. It's a good save by Kasper Schmeichel. So, uh, Mo Salah then misses one wide. They were the two best opportunities that we had. But even late on in the game, there's a free kick from James Milner in the corner, yeah. the sort of corner flag range. Sadio Mane could have put it 3-1. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, a, a, it wasn't an outstanding performance, But without playing well, we beat one of the better sides in the league and a really tough ground
0: to go to. Yeah, and I don't. I've seen people again. There's that notion of like these are the games that Liverpool lost before. People go, no, Liverpool beat Leicester last season. No, not the. Opponents, you don't get, you know what I mean? It's the type of games by that is Liverpool not playing well, the other team looking to nullify what Liverpool do. And normally, when a team sets out to nullify what Liverpool does, and I don't necessarily mean, and again, I know Liverpool performed really well against the bottom 14 sides of the league last season. Historically, though, not the case. These are the games where, when you when you try to stop Liverpool doing, you more often than not succeed, at least in frustration. Maybe Liverpool dropped two points. And I said that when last week when we were looking at our run of fixtures and where we get the points, I I think I caveated it at the end by saying it wouldn't shock me to see us. I had us to draw with Chelsea away, but I also but I had us to beat Leicester. But I said it wouldn't shock me if, if we drew at Leicester and then went and beat Chelsea because that's. I've seen that happen a lot and that could well that very easily could have been well, that yeah,
1: game. You are exactly right to look back over the last ten years or, or more and, and look at those type of fixtures. But think back to last season, the season before, when Liverpool make a, a grave error in a game, and that's it was a grave error by Allison, um and, and maybe a couple of others before it even gets to him. Generally we'll we'll go and get a draw there. Even think back to was it severe? 3-0, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Just and collapsed. Just absolutely collapsed. And, you know, I think back to that Bournemouth game where I think they beat us 4-3. You know, we were a couple of goals up in that game. Yeah. and The Liverpool side, even under Jürgen Klopp, has dropped points from winning positions. Yeah. The difference is we didn't actually look like dropping points from the winning position, even with the one-goal advantage. Yeah. In fact, we were a little
0: unlucky not to get away with 3-1. The funniest thing is we're doing this, like, dissection of a performance, and I've seen everyone doing it, and... Um, if Allison just fucking kicks the ball down the pitch like he's meant to, because you see Klopp's reaction straight afterwards, he shouts at him. He just does like the the hand gesture, just just whip it down the flank, mate. Just just boot it, just boot it sixty yards down the pitch if you if you have to. There is not. I mean, it was analysed, and you know maybe Gomez can give him a better pass, passing angle or whatever. Whatever doesn't matter. It's a moment of stupidity from the goalkeeper, and if he just if he does anything other than creepy. Or even if he craves it correctly and doesn't just get the ball lost, it's not a problem. We probably walk out of that game two 0 and everyone goes, What? What you know That was easy considering we didn't play well. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I again there's the, the, the this this need to, for critical dissection. I don't mean like because you're doing the, the, the brilliant stuff on stats and tactics. And I think you're looking into the, you look a lot more into the positives of the stuff that Liverpool are doing of, of late. But again, I'm sugarcoated though. Well, no, no, exactly. What's what I mean? It's not. This is not. This is again not not happy clappy. Oh we all brilliant. While the fucking house is on fire behind you. Um, because it's not. It just it just isn't that anyway. This need to to this this this. ...inherent minge-baggery that exists on from people, I think, online... ...who have literally just crawled away into the little caves... ...for six months, eight months? Now, they just crop up, and it, it always seem to crop up... ...just before international breaks. It's like, it, honestly, it makes me think the Russian bots... ...and they're literally just set... Like like you know set up on like an if this than that or whatever to just come up at specific times of the year when we're at our most susceptible to absolute nonsense on, on on social media so yeah if if Liverpool just... lose hashtag Henderson um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I can see that but what I like what I've liked is that yes people are talking about people are rightly going, oh my God, look at the state of Allison there. Much like in, in, in a similar regard to us losing the Champions League final, is that I think the vast, 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 vast majority of people looked at it with, yeah, that was a bit stupid. That well didn't mind, including him by the way. And it's what you're talking about in that confidence. He made that mistake and he just went, oh right, yeah, that was stupid, wasn't it? I won't do that again. And then just carried on. I mean, and he will. <laughs> by the way, yeah, he will make a, it. He will get caught in possession again. Um, but it was, it was esque for me, the way that he just. Forgot. forgot about it. Made a mistake. Went. Uh, oh well, never mind. I was more angry
1: it. with him punching the post. I don't think that's a don't, good thing for a goalkeeper. Don't punch
0: metal Yeah, I was. I, like. I was.
1: Here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking, do not do that, Alice. What mm. are you doing?
0: Yeah, I get it. You're annoyed or we'll punch the turf or pound your chest or <laughs> yeah, don't or punch, something. don't punch the or, metal post. That's silly. Ruffle your beard aggressively. aggressively. I'd, I'd do it, but you know. No beard. Ruffle your imaginary beard. What would you do? Oh! Oh! Um, yeah, definitely that. Um, one thing I liked uh, of the game because I, I got I, wa- I watched it live in 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 kind of spells, and again I was stood in a queue watching it on my phone for the most part. But I loved Shaqiri's top-notch shit when he came off the came off Classic. the bench. Like I think he would have if if uh, things had broken slightly differently. I do believe he would have gone through and tried to shoot or tried to try to make stuff, but he had no problem just trying stuff, going down, looking to take time out of the game. Amazing. Did some track and back, he's he... come
1: from Stoke. Yeah. And you could tell in yeah. that twenty-minute cameo that he is, he knows you've got to shut out the game, and I am the guy to do it. Yeah, just know, like that's
0: it, what he's that's what he was doing for them if they ever got a lead. It's like that bit in um, Toy Story Three where Buzz has got like Sp- Spanish mode. It's literally like they flick Stoke mode on <laughs> on Shakiri and just go out there. And go, we got Bayern Munich mode. No, 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 shit, not Bayern Munich mode. Into Milan, mode no, not Inter Milan mode. <laughs> You always use Stoke mode again, don't you? Yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, but it was to, great. Go out there it? and shit out the game and for was,
1: us. Was, it wasn't just listen. That was fantastic that he did that, and I absolutely enjoyed him running into the corner flag and then asking for throw-ins through his feet and then doing the GameCube thing and all that. <laughs> but the tracking back that the lad did as yeah. well. You know, I saw him covering for uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, at right back at one point. And this is the stuff that you told that no, he doesn't do that. You know, coming lazy. off the World Cup, he's lazy. I'm sorry. If he, he's not he's, he's genuinely not and he had his head on a swivel the whole game like he was pressing pe- people but he was looking around to see where his man was behind can I go can I not go I
0: did notice the what, that one thing where you can tell why why he's not well he's not being used because Mo Salah's amazing even if he's not in his truly you know spectacular form he doesn't know his passing lanes to cut off just yet and there was a point there where he's up front and he's looking at where is he where do I need, need to be and adjusting this thing and that? You, you can tell that he's eager to do it, but you can also see that it's not. It's not, it's not second there, nature yeah, to yeah. him.
1: And you know, this is this is an area of the pitch where Liverpool do rely on it quite heavily. That high press, you yeah. know, n- not always from your Salah and your money, more from your Roberto Firmino. But it is it is vital in cutting off one side of the pitch. Uh, Mo Salah can do that with his eyes shut. Shaqiri maybe not just yet. But it's also why Firmino is not playing. I think because mm-hmm. it's a much more. Uh, important area of the field to get your positioning absolutely spot on. You can make a little bit of a mistake out wide, and yeah. you know you've got the entire team behind you. Why um, probably fabinho's was taking a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, uh, just one, one, one last moment on the on the Henderson stuff. There was one moment in that game when I, I that two stood out for me, and I forget who the Leicester player it might have been. Madison because it, it was Madison like, running and, through, him. and he just ran past them and he didn't then, he, but he didn't burst into a sprint to track him down and after after he went past. And I thought. And it's not that's not because Jordan Henderson's crap, but I did also th- I did think this is why Jordan Henderson's not been starting games for us so far this season. He reached that whatever it was hour mark of the game, and he didn't look, he just didn't look up to up yeah, to speed. Yeah, I think with he, what we were I doing. I think he
1: was. I think if I remember the stats, he was dribble past three times during the game, it was the most of any Liverpool player, which is not something you particularly want in that area of the Absolutely. pitch, is it? Um, but you know, I don't know whether that one was Madison. There was one that I was thinking of where Madison's threw on Van Dijk and Gomez, and they're both mark and a fella. And Jordan Henderson steamrolls from about seven yards past him and knocks the ball back to Allison with a tackle. Which in your analysis video saying that he's crap didn't make the
0: cut. Funny that, isn't it? Doesn't save the uh, doesn't save the narrative or the agenda, does it? Um, yeah. So yeah, one to one to forget absolutely. And to be fair, I think that's true of the of the first four games. So far this season, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. We didn't but, know um, how bad West Ham were at the time, did we? <laughs> no, we did not. Um, before we crack into that chat, though, uh, Chris has done, as mentioned several times here, an absolutely phenomenal stats and tactics show talking about how Liverpool's defence stayed rock solid. Yeah, I, I, that's it. I think you know we
1: analysed the the twenty minutes after or twenty odd minutes after uh, Leicester scored, and you know I, again it was it, it came from the fact that Dan Kennedy said to me after that, you know, he wasn't at the game nothing really happened then I was like, I felt so nervous. I like to myth bust mm-hmm. and sometimes I myth bust myself on these because I felt really nervous I was like no nah, he's wrong there watch it I was like no he's spot on he's yeah. absolutely right and we just show you how Liverpool do that and how we went into a 4-4-1-1 during the game at Alden playing right wing at a point mm-hmm. it was a 12 minute spell where we went 4-4-1-1 which as a Liverpool fan you know is a formation that frustrates the hell out of yeah. us and we were able to do it to Leicester and then we moved back to the 4-3-3 when the subs were made and stuff perfect. very interesting stuff
0: perfect so have a, have a, have a little look slash listen now
1: our average pass streak was only five, now normally we're up around seven there, so um, and actually it was the same as Leicester, uh, which I found quite interesting. Um, and then as you can see down here on the positional report, they they created well down both sides. We were slightly more favouring the left-hand side than the right-hand side in this game. Um, yeah, Shot directions, all of them coming from the middle of the box. This has sort of been a, a running theme this season as well, isn't it? We're taking more and more shots from that middle sort of third, less from the wings. Shot zones, look at that, 70% of our shots inside the area, 30 outside, but look what we managed to keep less the two. 25% inside the 18-yard box, none inside the 6-yard box, 75% of their shots from outside the area. Again, you know, that's us making sure that people are struggling to get into that sort of optimum position to shoot from. And it's always working our way into that optimum position to shoot from. And It's very well highlighted in just that one sort of page, and you can see the attacking zones slightly more uh, in our third than the home third.
0: Cool. So yeah, we are top of the league after four games, Chris. You know, we we ten percent of the league done now, Paul. Smashing. We said when we said when we when we went into this run of games, I think we looked at the opposition and what have you, and we said look. Twelve points is not an unrealistic target, but it's when you look at how how rarely it happens that teams win the opening four games the season, and you know, not discounting the fact that there's now we're one of three teams that have done that. Um, sound is the word. I wouldn't say Liverpool have been anywhere near their best so far, but the most important it's, thing it's was. It's not the word. The, well, the bad is the word. <laughs> if, if you haven't heard, um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I, like I say, I wouldn't. I would not want to go back and revisit those games. I would not want to see a full season of Liverpool playing like that. Because I, I think, wouldn't mind the West Ham one, if I'm honest. I wouldn't mind a, a, a season where we win every game. So in that regard, yes. But in, in regards, I, I, I can't help but feel that if we don't up our level, mm-hmm. particularly with the aforementioned, you know, six weeks or so we've got uh, Lumen, we'll we'll struggle to maintain to, to, we'll struggle to win games if we don't up our level but as we say we've done what we needed to do it's in this the point box. of the
1: season where teams do start to up the level though and listen we're in a very good position in that we've not played well and the top. top yeah. whereas you know I think other teams have, are in the same boat but Manchester City dropped points away mm-hmm. at Wolves Um so you know, last season they'd have won every, they were winning every game, weren't they? So, you know, still a little bit of a march, although it's only two points on them. And while we're still not playing well, while we know there's different levels to go through is exactly where you want to be. I think if we were to look at the fixtures at the start of the season, I'd have probably predicted 12 points,
0: but I wouldn't actually genuinely think we'd have got 12 oh, no, points. Exactly. If you'd have come out of that with 10 points, yeah, because be you, you draw against Leicester, you'd have gone, okay, that's a standard Liverpool approach. Whereas, you know, Given how, given the fine margins, we've all got into this sea this season super nervous because because of the margins that were defined by Man City's season last year, knowing that two points a game games like not enough yeah. to guarantee a league, to to guarantee a, a, a title challenge. So in that regard, we there should be massive praise for the results, if not necessarily quite how we've gone about them.
1: Yeah, and. Honestly, the results are what matters. and I think everybody knows that, don't they? The performances will come. We've got too many good players for the performances not to come. Yeah. I think sometimes we, we forget to credit the opposition so many mm-hmm. times. I thought Crystal Palace played really well against us and you could see that they were a really good side. Um and then they had, you know, a poor performance last weekend. But when they had a good performance, we beat them. Yeah. And that's encouraging. Yeah. Leicester played well and we beat them. Yeah. And they'll have good and bad performances throughout the season as well. But we haven't played well and we've gone up against two tough teams that did play well and we still managed to get the results. And mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to for me. Brighton, a little bit of a, one of them, won it? West Ham, we played well because they were terrible. Yeah. We will play well again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a matter of time. You know, Mo Shallow will hit top gear. Mm-hmm. The lad's got a couple of goals and a couple of assists, or whatever. What are the stats on Mao again, Tom? Uh, two goals, one assist. Two goals, one assist. assist. I and mean, by his standards, he's playing
0: crap. Well, but he's be, not. To be fair, I think it was pointed out. And we're going to talk a little bit about Salah's form. Uh, we've got a question in a minute, we'll, we'll come to But But. Um, in fact, actually, go on. But let's just quickly we'll we'll, we'll do the Salah chat now. Uh, Uma Oga says, "Do you think Salah is fully informed because of the stuff happening with the Egyptian FA?" I actually think it's a it's just like consideration. I think you can see that he's not, it's not working quite as easily for him. But equally, I think people forget he he didn't score four goals in his first four games for us last season. He wasn't, you know what I mean. He wasn't. The, no one looked at him this time last year and went, "He's going to win the Golden Boots." No, it took him a little while. I mean, and. and I understand, it's understandable that because he's settled in and adapted, it's not beyond expectation to think he would just pick up where he's left off. But Harry Kane's not scored. Harry Kane's only scored two goals. Yeah. So Harry, K- Harry Kane's won
1: the Golden Boot without scoring goals in August. A yes. couple of years on the bounce yes. yeah. So it's not like it's detrimental to your cause. you know, yeah. You just got to score some more goals somewhere else down the line. And you know, I, I it might be a concern for him. I did. I did ask um, David Anderson from the Mirror last week on the Newsroom podcast about it because he is. Very, he's a very uh, patriotic person, isn't he, Mo And I think he's—he's—I don't know the quite the right word how to explain it, but. I think he feels the weight of his nation sometimes yeah. on his shoulders and he doesn't want people to think at home that, you know, he's doing this for any other reason. But I think he feels like he's been slighted by the Egyptian FA and, and mistreated. And that will be having some kind of effect on him mentally. Whether he carries that onto the football field, my guess would my guess would be no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen players as soon as they cross that white line sometimes, everything else doesn't matter. I think it's the the only
0: thing is that it's something so big. That when you when you're flying and everything's fine, dead right. But it's that thing of when it, when something doesn't go right for you, it's you become you you're more susceptible. I think to to, to that kind of stuff. And look, he's an elite sportsman, so it's not the kind of thing that's going to have a a terrible impact on him. But you see it like you can you can chart a lot of footballers things when they have major things going on I remember Stephen Gerrard when he was going through his court case stuff he had some trouble times around that Dejan Lovren you can you know he had yeah. some family issues and whatever didn't he didn't need that that kind of thing so we I think, think it will be, that be a goal fact against
1: I think back that like goal against Brighton that's a really difficult finish, yeah. you know, and he's got a little bit of time and a little bit of space, and he he just knocks it into the bottom bin. And yes, he misses a, a bit of a golden opportunity for us at the weekend against Leicester. But he missed loads of them last season. Yeah, he did. He missed absolutely tons of them. I think the one difference between this season and last so far, he's not having any time or space. Yeah, and there's not one person he's got to beat. It's two, three, yeah. and four players, and there will be a period of adjustment. Mm-hmm. And once he works that out. He'll just go back to ripping Watford's defence with six of them again. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's just the way it is. Yeah. He just, he definitely felt at the start of last last season like when it's on, it's on, yeah. and he kept that level going all season almost to a point where you are thinking, when is this going to drop off? Yeah, he's not hit it yet, yeah. but when it get, when he gets there, I I back him to just keep it there again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good to see Bobby Firmino get off the mark as well, and the um, it's mani top goal scorer in the Premier League so far four four and four. That's fine. And this is the beauty of it, <laughs> is that Salah can, Salah's got a one-in-two growing record at the minute. At minute. That's fine. Sadio Mane, he's got a one-in-one. One. Yeah, and Firmino, one-in-four. Shout,
1: shout. <laughs> um, Maybe the word was, shout yeah, after all that.
0: absolutely. So, yeah, just looking a little bit around what what everyone else kind of did the weekend. I think the big result in, in terms of us was obviously, we mentioned this on the podcast last week, one of Watford or bears was going to lose their unbeaten record. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was Tottenham Hotspur. Go ahead. Glorious. Didn't see that one coming. Did not see that coming at all. Watford are, I just I expected that to just be yeah 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 Watford are fine for now aren't they? But they'll come against up against someone good. But as it turns out, and this is why I think the Leicester game needs to be given a bit more uh, the fact that we got the three points needs a bit more respect because Watford are another one of those good sides that are probably going to finish somewhere between seventh and tenth in the, in the Premier League, same as Leicester. They're flying now. Okay, you know they they've got a, they're on a quest of a wave at the moment because they've had that that momentum of or whatever winning the three games prior to that. But that is exactly what could have happened to us mm. with Leicester. Spurs haven't been at their best, similar to us. They've been kind of ticking along nicely. They had that great result against Manchester United, of course. But... Their shit. The Manchester <laughs> shit. But yeah, that's it. But that's the thing with Spurs is that... You, and that's why, again, about to question, we deserve credit for getting the three points because ultimately at this point of the season, it's, it's not about your style of play. No, it is about putting the points on
1: the ball. It, it is, and, and, and Tottenham are probably feeling the strain of not being able to rotate too many players as well. And, you know, Lucas Moore had a, a fantastic game against Manchester United, some you know, stretch in their defence, but in a game against Watford, he wasn't able to do it in quite the same manner. They've missed on a little bit, yeah, I think, you know, absolutely. for me, he was, a, he was an incredible football. I love watching him play, and would probably be one of my favourites to take from that team, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But Watford needs to be given credit as well. It's a great start. There's only one time in the Premier League where a team like that has gone on and kept that going, and we know what happened with Leicester City. Yeah, Watford do have a little bit of a history of doing this, not mm-hmm. four wins, because yes, you know nobody has that. Yeah, but they do start well, and then they
0: tend to drop off when you realise that this squad isn't quite good enough and big enough. There, something I picked up up on, up on social club this week was that look at the teams around Watford are capitalising on. What we said was going to be the issue, and it's the top teams having not had access to their best players over the summer for pre season. So they're either easing them in or they're not firing on all cylinders when, when they're playing them. And then on the flip of that, you've got teams that were the other teams that are good who maybe spent big and are trying to integrate a load of players or they got a new manager and trying to inter- integrate a new style. Wofford, have got, the, I've had the guy now in charge since the end of January. They actually haven't changed anything in their starting eleven. Ben Foster the only one of the new signings who started that that Spurs game, I believe. They just they've got they've got continuity going for them in that regard, and a little bit of the the, the, the way it's kind of fell for them because they could. I think they'd have played Spurs at um, the New State or Wembley or whatever it would have been because they now played three home games. Are there four? So they're just capitalizing capitalizing nicely they were set up to cause a team like Tottenham problems whereas like you know we're going to see this I think in the coming weeks where we've got a big test in terms of Europe Chelsea are going to have a similar thing albeit different because of the Europa League Spurs are going to have their Champions League etc 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 we're going to see teams drop points Um,
1: this is where you need your squad Yeah. this is where you need your squad what for might capitalise on that from their point of view but further down the line Christmas time that's when they might struggle
0: and also this is why again it was vital for us to get 12 from 12 because there's a good chance we will drop points along the way. You've got to get you get you, build yourself up a buffer zone, and that's the good thing about Spurs. I think Spurs will be there or thereabouts, right by us this season. That three points won't matter too much probably in a month and a half time, but it could end up being quite could end up being quite telling. Yeah. Um, Jose Mourinho, <laughs> I love talking about Mourinho at the moment. Um. He's back on the charm offensive. He he went to an under twenty three game and sat amongst the the disabled supporters. And I don't want to appear to be an ultra cynic here because I don't like when people do nice things. It's just great that he's done nice things, and I don't want to detract from the fact that he's done it because all the people who got to chat to him, great, you know, that was a great experience for them. But this is so far out of character for Jose Mourinho that I can't bring myself to be anything other than cynical. I think
1: think when you look into it, and you know, I have. um, I think his room was just getting cleaned and he, he got asked to leave for two hours
0: and <laughs> you know the maid's gone cool. no Josie, you can't keep putting the do not the stairs on. it smells in there really bad you haven't changed the sheets in, in in three months
1: now, Jose. No. He hasn't got a car, so he's had to... He's had to right, well, the only place I'm leaving this for, it's got to be work. Free travel. To, exactly, I need to get there. <laughs> so, can someone send me a car? Is there a football game going on? Oh, we've got the under-23s playing tights. I didn't know that. That's yeah. not in my
0: remit. Great. We'll go there. Are they my players? Oh, they are? Wow. I didn't know there was such a thing as players under the age of 23 oh, yeah. um, that you don't yeah, pay yeah. money for. Yeah, Jose.
1: So he went there and was like, "Okay, well, yeah, okay. none of them are 28, but you know, it was a nice afternoon and my room's clean, so we don't know."
0: We said it last week, didn't we? He's he's seen he's he's seen the end coming, and the only chance he's got to cling on this season is to get the fans on side, and the only way he's going to do that is to to be less of a bell end to the fans of Manchester United. And that, again, it's just so someone tweeted me said you're being a hypocrite because this is the kind of thing the Klopp does it's like yeah but it's not a, an act it's not an effort for Jürgen Klopp to do this he genuinely loves the fans of the team and that's why they love him so much in return and if you can't see that I'm sorry that people can't see that but there is a fundamental difference. Jose Mourinho does not have priors of being a guy who gets in amongst the fans, apart from when he gets sent to the stands yeah. and he periodically has to sit next to someone and that's literally that's literally the only thing this is great Long may I continue. It's a real shame that um, because they play Watford next, it would have been nice just to see them come up against Watford now, yeah, rather yeah. than having a couple of weeks to kind of get. Their well, the players straight. will all
1: be gone anyway. They're the same boat as Liverpool. Aren't they? Loads of our players go, and I think I think the managers find this one one of the most difficult because you're just getting into the swing of yeah. what you want. You're getting your ideas across, and and for Jose, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's not as it's not as difficult for Jose because he's just saying sit back here and and, and don't have the ball, uh, so the players can pick up on that fairly easily. But with Klopp and the Pochettinos and Guardiola's, I think they do struggle. Um, certainly, some of the players come back and it's like forget what they've been teaching you with the international teams. We're doing it this way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think Waffle could surprise them because. Not every one of Watford's players will be going away,
0: whereas most of Manchester United's will. Absolutely. Well, yeah, look forward to proper football return. In the meantime, uh, we've got a couple of questions. We've got a load more coming on there subscriber exclusive QA on the tv.com which is obviously where you can get the stats and tactics show. You can get the Reds News Roundup show every week. You can get the final word shows after every single match. We do some amazing content. And as you can see, if you're watching the video version of this, we've got a brand spanking new studio with lots of cool different setups, which you can have a, a closer look at uh, again and obviously be a, a supporter of everything we do. By subscribing, so yeah. The first question. Well, we've we've been through a couple of questions already, but the one we've got right now, Tyler Burrich says, each make your best eleven using current former Liverpool players. So players of Liverpool have sold or loaned oh, that no. are still playing. No, I'm only kidding.
1: I think I've got it right this
0: time. I really I, hope
1: I've got it right now. After that, playing that joke, uh, hilarious yeah. as it was.
0: I realise now that I, I did me prep on this and then i got bored of doing this so I moved on so i've got I'm, I'm missing players from my back line at the moment so we'll just we'll just freestyle it um is the goalkeeper as obvious as pepe reina danny <laughs> ward no pepe reina it's pepe reina who's your back four i haven't gone for a back four i've gone for a back three okay
1: i've gone moses right center half fuck off yeah man
0: <laughs> get off.
1: All right, all right, I'll change it up. I nearly I've went through the back to put got, him at right wing, back. Yeah, you know but what? I, I, I feel like he can do that Kyle Walker role. I'll just give you the names of the <laughs> okay. players, okay? <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm actually going to go with Skerl, Mascarano, and Sacco as my back
0: line. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, okay. Okay, sounds, yeah. Yeah,
1: uh, Moses, Chan and Lucas is a midfield three.
0: Yeah, I forgot Emery Chan existed, that's cool. Sterling Coutinho on the wings. Forgot about Raheem
1: Sterling, yeah, and Suarez, and there's no room for Torres because Iago Aspas is in form.
0: <laughs> yeah, you've done that well better than I forgot. I for, I was uh, yeah, I was like, which recent players have we sold that could fit in with this? And I was like, oh Suarez, and then oh Coutinho, okay. and then I, I totally forgot about loads of others. So my team is terrible. Uh, Pepe and goal. I only managed to think of one left back and that was in Insue, who's terrible. <laughs> um def- okay, so I would definitely have Skirtle who was the other centre half you but Sacho. Sure and Sacho, yeah, and i yeah, I am unsure on my right back, but I went four four two, because again I just I've genuinely shit this out. a midfield four a Victor Moses right wing, Nori Sahin. And Javier Mascarado in midfield, and then Coutinho left wing, it's just crap. And um, Torres and Suarez up front here, yeah, that's terrible. Um, leave yours in the comments though, if you would be so kind. Steel Kera 13. Uh, would you rather be cold forever or hot forever?
1: I think it's cold forever. I don't mind the cold, like you know, my family's ultimately from Poland, so I think <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm kind of just a little bit more used to that. Plus, layers, layers. I, I hate being hot, I can't sleep when I'm hot, and, and you know, there's not much you can do but just. You know, I don't have access to a walk-in freezer anymore. Yeah. I'd have to have one in my house if it was hot forever, so I can just
0: make myself warmer with coats. See, I'm a, I think I'm a tropical people at heart, so I, I'd rather be hot forever. I mean, like, not it doesn't, basically, it doesn't say too cold or too hot because that's a difference. You know, you don't want to be too cold, you don't want to be uncomfortably. No, I, I rather be, I rather be hot. I, I, I realize when you get that thing, oh god, isn't it hot? Isn't it hot? When we, when it, we have a bit of nice weather for a week, and then you realize that, like. It's just horrible and miserable for the other ten months out of the year when it's cold. So no, I, I can I could live with never having to wear a coat again. That'll be absolutely that'll be absolutely fine by me. Uh, we've got loads more questions coming up on the subscriber exclusive Q and A, including what kit manufacturer we'd like to see Liverpool go with should the New Balance deal not be renewed. Uh, how much of a head start would you need to beat Mo Salah in a hundred metre dash? Really, Our huh? best five-a-side team of goalkeepers that have played. Uh, for Liverpool based off their attributes yeah cool I've not done that but I'll, I'll, I'll freestyle <laughs> that definitely <laughs> um, if your life could be any TV characters go for it A uh, Liverpool 11 using British and foreign players between head-to-head between me and Chris and a whole host of other things as well so yeah go over there Look, if you like what we do if you like if you like the, the fun the more fun side of what we do less of the analysis then we've definitely got that covered if you like the analysis side We've got that covered as well on the redmedtv.com. So sign up, it's completely free for the first month. So if you want more, just bored and you want to fill the rest of your week, and in fact, the rest of your life, because we do a lot of stuff, uh, go over there, start your free month trial, and it's just £5 a month thereafter. So, Chris, thank you very much. And you. Thank you very much for watching and for listening. Walk on.